Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Chan's Logic People Project, where we talk about people, the things they do, the trials and tribulations along the way, and all of the exciting things that they do to make them who they are today. Today, I've got Dai with me. He is a certified grade A champion. I think he's also a grass-fed champion, and so I'm going to let him introduce himself a little bit. Oh, man, I love that. <laughs> Chandler, thank you. I, I think I got to get my kids to, to start repeating that exact phrase because that sounded pretty good to me. But, uh, you know, I, I'm a, a dad of two beautiful girls. They're 13 and 15 year olds. Uh, gosh, when I think about it, they're actually like little people now. Um, and uh, obviously, I, I've been a dedicated husband to my best friend, uh, Christy, for, for almost 17 years now we've been together. So, you know, a lot of history there. And I, I really have had some transitions in my life. But three years ago, I left my, my corporate gig of 17 years to to, to pursue really a life by design. You know, we started prioritizing some of the, the things that mattered most to us in life, which was time together, travel, um, and, and just especially family. And uh, so we've been traveling for about three years. And most recently, we settled into life in Bali, Indonesia. And uh, yeah, it, it's just sort of a, it's a nice place to go to reconnect with oneself, but also rediscover some of our passions and because uh, it's definitely a, an environment that cultivates that that want or, and nurtures that inner child in us that really wants to to have fun in life and uh, so that's sort of me in a nutshell and obviously I think other things will come out as we talk but uh, that's that's where I'm at right now yeah it's pretty exciting I like the idea of living life by design and organizing it around the ability to spend time and be there with your family yeah. I think it's huge we just had a little girl she's 15 16 weeks now and oh, it kind of flip-flops everything I went yeah. from work to how can I work the least amount of time create the biggest impact but also be there and available so when she yeah. grows up she has someone hanging out that's incredible well wow, congratulations that that's so good like daughters too man I, I they change everything they really do yeah. change everything. Hopefully she never learns how much she has control over me. It's scary. Trust me, they know that from day one. Yeah, it's a dangerous proposition. But it's all good. It's all good. I wouldn't have it any other way. That's right. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your your life and growing up. So we were chatting earlier and yeah. you were saying as you grew up, you were morbidly obese as a teen. And mm. so I'd like to understand and learn how that how that happened and how it made you feel and how it shifted and impacted and changed your mindset. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't something that happened overnight. Uh, gosh, I, I think a lot of people, we just wake up one day and we're like, whoa, I'm like 50 pounds heavier than I was, than, than I last really remember. And it, it's not on, on purpose. It's just we literally just get distracted by life the day in, day, day out. And uh, my parents separated when I was really young. You know, I was like eight or nine. And I found, com uh, well, I found comfort in food and, and sugar and, and treats and just playing video games and so I, I was quite isolated and, and the weight just started to pile on and you know by age 14 that's when I was my largest I, I was classified as morbidly obese and I'm going to date myself a little bit here you know I'm 41 right now and uh, back at this time you know like 30 years ago uh, almost 30 years ago childhood and obesity wasn't typically found in the same statement you know it just it wasn't like it is now I mean it's quite common now you know you go into a school and, and you've got about 10 to 12 of the 30 kids in the classroom that are classified is morbidly obese like it's 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 a big issue now you know no pun intended but it, it is a serious health problem and uh at age 15 i made some changes like i literally decided that i didn't want to feel this way anymore 
you know, I remember one day coming out of the uh, the shower. Uh, I, I see. I was at my dad's. We'd be at my dad's every other weekend. And this one day, you know, I forget if we were going bowling. We we had some commitment. My dad was taking us out. My brother and I. And uh, we had. To, I have these <laughs> very long showers at that age because there was a hack here. I knew if I was in the shower long enough, it would fog up the mirror, and fog up the mirror in a big way, so I wouldn't have to look at myself when I got out of the shower. And, and, you know, trying to find photos of myself back then, it's like virtually impossible because I, I just really didn't put myself in social situations. I was very withdrawn, very depressed, and I hated how I looked. And uh, this morning, that, that morning, I got out of the, the, the shower and I remember that it wasn't fogged up. And I turned and I locked eyes with myself. And then I did the scan, right? The full body scan. And, and I broke down. I broke down. I, I was disgusted. I felt ashamed. I, I blamed myself for being that way. And, and I really had like two thoughts at that moment. And I think a lot of people can relate to this is when you feel like you're at rock bottom, there's really two choices. It's either you lie down, right? And you stay there and do nothing about it. Or, or in my case, I was thinking about suicide. Or you choose to do something about it and you make some changes. And, and to be honest, death scared me. It still scares me a bit, <laughs> you know. And uh, this idea of, of the finality of that, it, it just didn't work for me. And so I, I said, right now, I, I'm going to figure out how to make some changes. And, and then I want to make some changes. So when you talk about mindset, it, it all started with a choice and acknowledging a situation. And I owned it. I got there on my own, man. I, it wasn't by accident. It didn't happen overnight. It was gradual. And, but I did recognize that there's only one person that could make the change. And that was that person looking me back in the mirror that I wasn't happy with who it was, you know? And I was like, no, enough's enough, man. And uh, it took about 20 months, 20 months of, of me trying to learn, connecting with people that I felt knew a lot about health and nutrition and fitness and really finding some mentors in my life to, to, to uplift me, but also to challenge me to be a bit better and to support me on that journey. And uh, yeah, I made some big changes. And it was during that change process that I realized I love helping other people make big changes, you know, whether it be career, whether it be fitness, whether it be well-being, whether it be mindset, just that that idea that someone else can support you through those really, really challenging situations that you so much want to come through and and come out on the other side transformed. You know, I, I realize it's, it's a very hard journey to be on by ourselves. And uh, so that, that's really it in a snapshot. And just so you know, Chandler, like I'm going to be straight up with you. Uh, the mindset piece really didn't kick in until I was in my 30s. I, I brought a lot of baggage with me, <laughs> you know, because I, I worked on the outside a lot. You know, because, listen, I was 15. I wanted a girlfriend, all right? Like, really, when it boils down to it, that's what I wanted. Yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted. I wanted a girl to like me to want me, you know, like to, I craved that. And so that was a big motivation for me. So I worked on the outside a lot, you know, a lot. Like I really worked out a ton and I, I lost that weight. I also kickstarted puberty a bit. And uh, so I grew a few inches. And uh, so I really adopted a, a fitness focused lifestyle. And, um, but then I, you know, moved across country and it was like I packed my emotional baggage and brought it with me because <laughs> I hadn't done any work inside. And, and so that trickled over into my adult life. And uh, it wasn't until about nine years ago that it, that all came to a halt and, and some big changes again had to happen. But uh, we may get there in a little bit. But that that was that moment. So I, if, if people are feeling unhealthy and out of shape and uh, just in a state of unhealth, I know when that becomes your new normal, it's really hard to imagine change. You know, especially how do you start? And 
realize it, you know, if you want to make a change, make a change. <laughs> it, it sounds stupid, simple, uh, and it should be stupid, simple, but just making the change can sometimes be the hardest thing that we ever do. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the hardest things is actually starting. Yeah. Just start by yeah. starting uh, because we're held back by the fear and the inability to understand whether or not we're going to be successful or the fear of failure and being judged. And it's just a whole snowball effect. Uh, so true, Chandler. So true. And uh, yeah, so that was sort of the start, you know, that was the really big shift in my life back then. But it was also realizing that if I did commit to a process and really commit to it, I could pretty much do anything I wanted. You know, that, that was something that I learned through that process was that, gosh, if I actually follow a system, you know, have some people that can support me in that system, it's amazing what you can accomplish, you know, and, and that's where I really developed a, um, this special appreciation for coaching and mentorship, you know, for myself. And, and, and it's what started my journey of always be learning, you know, always uh, be improving and evolving. And, uh, and it's still something that I'm very much dedicated to today. Yeah, I think that's incredible. And it's fairly common now, kids suffering with obesity and struggling with the mindset and trying to learn and understand how they can improve, feeling lost and not really having the guiding direction to get there. So the fact that you were able to pull yourself out and get yourself in a great position with the intrinsic motivator of uh, the females as a yes. young guy yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. is pretty impressive. So once you kind of got through that and you entered into your adult life, what did you transition to? Did you go straight into health coaching or did you go into something else, a career, college? <laughs> yeah, well, so the interesting thing is I grew up in a small town in Ontario, just outside of Toronto, actually. And uh, my graduating class wasn't very large. And most of the kids that were in my graduating class, uh, I'd been in school with them since, you know, grade five, grade six, you know, even middle school, some of those relationships were formed. So I'd been around those people a long time and they knew me as the obese kid. You know, I was the fat kid, you know, I was the really nice guy, but, but typically the guy that, uh, you know, just girls wouldn't want to hang out with, you know, on a more than social sort of <laughs> vibe. Uh, it, there was never any love interest there. And, and I realized that I, I needed to continue this evolution of me, but I wanted a fresh start. So I did what a lot of people do when they finish high school, they leave. <laughs> I, oh, right. I literally <laughs> packed up my physical bags, but I also packed up those emotion bags and I moved across the country. So I went from Toronto uh, to, to Western Canada, to Vancouver, where I uh, went to university. Uh, you know, originally I, I used the idea of going to university as my reason to leave, but I already had in mind I'm never going back, and I never did. You know, <laughs> like I, I went there and, and I started afresh. Uh, but what, this is what I meant by the emotional stuff is I, I had a lot of insecurities still. And I had a lot of these, these internal demons, if you will, or... or, or beliefs about myself that that just came with me unfortunately i wasn't able to leave those and it wasn't until later work that i did on myself that i was able to transition but i started school thinking i want to be a vet i think a lot of us know that you know we go into something thinking oh i can get a career as this this would be good uh, my father was a vet and so i thought oh you know nepotism that works great uh, maybe i can just get a job with him when i get my degree it'll be all good it'll be all good and I learned pretty quick that I love animals. I just don't love animals enough to dedicate a life to them. And, uh, but I love fitness. And so I started working as a trainer. I started just helping people with making lifestyle changes, you know, shifts that were focused on fitness, nutrition, a little bit of mindset support. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And eventually I just 
gave up on school. You know, I, I withdrew, uh, but I actually transitioned into philosophy and English lit, which is what I ended up doing. Um, but at the same time, I was focusing on my, my fitness career. And then I got into fitness equipment sales and I loved it. Like Chandler, you, you're probably familiar with this. I, I don't know if you've worked in a capacity where it's a, you know, when you work in a performance-based pay structure, it's a very different way of working, right? Like it's like the more people I serve, the more people I help, actually the more I make. This is cool. I've never worked in that kind of thing. I've always been someone that was like, okay, I give you one hour of my life. I'm going to get this in exchange. And so it was a new way of looking at things, you know, that this compounding effect of helping and impacting more people meant I'd, I'd actually earn more. And so I really embraced this commission uh, environment. And uh, fast forward a number of years, I ended up becoming a, a partner and founded a company of our own selling fitness equipment accessories in Western Canada and then eventually into an e-commerce platform that serviced all of Canada and I loved it did for 17 years and and during those years I constantly worked on myself developed myself as a leader and, and, and really tried to focus on making myself who I am now but realize it wasn't until my kids came along a few years later after starting down that path that uh, you know everything shifted for me like you're going through this right now you know with a new daughter at home my gosh absolutely dude, everything's different right like it's so yeah, the different. whole world changes then the whole mindset of oh. uh, you know what i don't want to work 17 hours a day i'd rather kind of just be around her <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember one of my mentors i was always saying that you know well we're entrepreneurs now we're we're, we're businessmen we're, we're owners like we have this responsibility and, and he always told me you know yeah well as an entrepreneur you get used to it you're always going to be working half time and i'm like half time what do you mean well it's either the first 12 hours or the last 12 hours of the day like you, you pick That's which right. ones you want to work and you're working <laughs> half time the rest of your life and i was like really is that what it means like this sucks <laughs> I don't well, that's, know if this is, that's uh that's awful it, well it does you know and after 17 years like my my mentor at the time in the company like he was the money guy and i was the workhorse and and uh and, and the dreamer and the visionary and just the guy that had a more in tune with all this stuff like social media and the way that the world works now you know he was from a different generation that didn't really understand that uh but he didn't need to because he had me and uh one thing, and it was the weirdest realization, and, and I don't know if you can relate to this, Chandler, or some of the people that are listening to this, but you know when you're doing something for so long, and and for a big part of your life, you know that that's the path for you, and it just feels like this is the right path. This is what I'm meant to be doing. But over time, all of a sudden, things start to shift a bit. You start to get drawn to do other things. You know, and you might be on this career path. You might be telling yourself, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I love this. You know, as the quote says, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And, you know, I used to believe that. And eventually it got to a point where I was like, you know, my partner was like, he's the CEO. I was a COO, CMO. And, you know, he was getting ready. He's at that point in his life. His kids are finishing up at university. And so now he's like, you know what? My wife and I, we want to have some good time together. We want to start traveling, all this stuff. And he's like, are you ready? You can step up and be the CEO and run this company and, uh, you know, have at her. And I was like, dude, I, I don't want your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was just I don't like want this half 12. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just like I, I was looking at him because he's 20 years my senior, almost ex exactly to the day. And I was like, you know, in 20 years from now, am I going to be where you are right now? I, I don't want that outcome. Like, that's that's not the path I want to walk anymore. And it was really scary because at that time, when you start to go through that process, I was like, well, now what? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, now what, what do I do? do? Yeah, well, that's just it. And I, I didn't really know. Um, but I had started blogging like 11 years ago. I read Gary Vaynerchuk's book. You remember Crush It when it first came out? And I read that oh, book. Yeah. yeah. And it shifted everything for me. 
you know, like it, it really educated me to this new medium, you know, the social media and just how businesses and, and uh, entrepreneurs could leverage these channels to really grow not only their own influence, but but networks and, and really uh, build large businesses just online. And I was like, this is amazing. This is fascinating stuff. So I just dove all in, you know, but I started developing my own personal platform alongside with what I was doing with my corporate platform. And uh, eventually it just grew to a point where, you know, my wife and I looked at each other and said, you know, if we wanted to have a lifestyle where we were more focused and in alignment with our pillars, like family, fitness, faith, finances, you know, uh, and really with a nice focus on health, uh, we could do so, but we might have to just downsize the way we do things a little bit. You know, and downsize our lifestyle at the time because we were really comfortable, you know, living downtown Vancouver and things were great. Life was very, very good, but it wasn't satisfying anymore. We wanted to, to travel. We wanted to be together full time. We wanted to have that life by design, as I said uh, earlier on. And uh, so I left my career. My wife left hers a month after. We then pulled the kids out of school, packed up suitcases, gave away everything else and said, you know what, we're going to go and have at it. We're going to see what we can do. Let's just go and drive in the SUV. And we, we it was wintertime in Vancouver, which is anybody that's been in Seattle and, and, and basically December through March, you know how wet it can get. Vancouver is the same weather. And we were like, you know what? We're going south. We're chasing the sun. And <laughs> we went down to Cali, you know, took our time, stayed in California for a few months, traveled around. And that's what started our, our path, you know, uh, this journey that we've been on. And, and so it's, it's been amazing. Uh, I still don't have anything figured out, but we're, we're, we're figuring it out as we go. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and it's kind of yeah. nice because it's on our terms. It's like the concept of living your life a quarter mile at a time. I don't necessarily yeah, know where I'm going in the yeah. long run, but I know where I'm going right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love that analogy. Perfect. Yes, it's very much that way. Yeah, it's exciting. So I, I like the idea of coming to that realization, and it's where I'm at right now, too. How can I or organize my life in a way to where I can maximize my ability to be around family and maximize my ability to have an impact on other people around the world Amazing. in the largest way. So you, you build these yeah. personal brands and you build these ideas around what you're doing and then courses and then yeah. all of a sudden you have something built and you didn't realize what happened. And and so I think it's pretty neat. And it comes from the original book, Crush It, was Gary Vaynerchuk. And I think a lot of people take his teachings in the wrong way. They think you need to work 17 hour uh, hours a day like him, but he mm. is only telling you to build something that you can build that's your own, that you can leverage other people's attention to drive business to what you want to do and then build your lifestyle around it. That's right. It's, you mean, you just, that's the music right there, right? It is this idea of having a business that supports the lifestyle that you want to design, that you want to be living, you know, versus a lot of us compromise lifestyle and goals and ambitions and passions to fit a business, to fit a career. And, and I'm not saying that's wrong. Like, please, I, I, when I say this, sometimes people get a little bit anxious and sometimes mad <laughs> because they feel like I'm challenging what they do. And I'm not. I'm just saying if you're not happy on the path that you're on, maybe you should start to, to ask yourself why, you know, and look at making some changes to make yourself happy, to, to, to enjoy the things that you've said. These are priorities in my life. These are like the non-negotiables. And yet I'm compromising these every day by doing what I do. That can only last so long. And in my case, I numbed a lot of that that discontent with alcohol, with narcotics, uh, promiscuity. Like it's, gosh, for a number of years, you know, here I am in the fitness industry, like an authority in the fitness industry, both online and offline. Fitness, lifestyle, you know, like life coaching, nutrition coaching, fitness coaching. I, I specialize in all these areas and I was really good at helping people overcome their shit. 
That was part of me. I don't know if that's okay to say, but uh, you know, they overcome their stuff. Okay, okay, it's gonna get a little e. My bad, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what? It, it, as much as I I thought I had my stuff together, I didn't, man. I I was a mess, a hot mess at that, and uh, really messing up my life royally, and. Uh, you know, psychologists call it cognitive dissonance, right? Like we have this idealized person who, who we're trying to become and then we have who we're showing up as. And and the further these two things are apart, man, the, the greater the, the amount of potential depression or, uh, or unrest or disappointment, you know, we, we call it shame, blame, guilt. I mean, whatever you want to call it, but there's these negative feelings that we have towards life and what we're doing, the bigger that gap is versus who we want to become versus who we are living as. And, and I just numbed that, the crap out of that, you know, <laughs> it was not a pretty sight. And uh, yet I was highly functional. I was still running my company. It was still growing. I was still perceived as uh, the guy that had all this stuff together. And I had a mentor that once said, you know, if you, you think you got your shit together, just look down because you're probably just standing in it, you know. And uh, that, that was me. That was me, man. I, uh, so I, I totally get it. You know, when people tell me, man, I got so much going on. My days are like jammed. I'm full. I don't have time for, for, for half the things that I want to be doing. And I'm like, okay, but what really matters like, what do you really want? I mean, yeah, uh, like, Chandler, like, what do you want, right? Like, when was the last time you were asked that? Like, I don't remember the last time. It wasn't until I, I, I hired a coach to work with, you know, to help me create some clarity around this. Um, and, and I remember one of the first questions was like, well, what do you want, Di? And I was like, you mean, like, to watch on Netflix tonight or for dinner? Like, what, yeah. can you qualify that a bit? And he's like, no, no, like, what do you what want, I want for your life? <laughs> well, I had no idea. I had no idea. I Like, no idea. I was just busy doing day after day. You know, if it was like Bill Murray and Groundhog's Day, right? Like it was just like, that's just what I was doing. But I was highly dissatisfied and, and realizing that relationships were growing apart. And, uh, and, and as those grew apart, I was filling those voids with a lot of other stuff that wasn't serving me, wasn't serving my family, wasn't serving my community. So it was just like gnarly, bad situation to be in. And, uh, but some changes had to happen, right? Because I wanted them to happen like when i was morbidly obese right like it was like hey i i overcame that once i can overcome this too and uh and i followed a similar process yeah which is great and i think one of the biggest things that holds people back is that fear of if i i hate what i'm doing Mm. but what happens when i switch what happens when i change and then we wake up 20 years later and we're like wow that sucked but i'm 62 now so i can retire and enjoy myself (laughs) for four more years (laughs) well oh man yeah Hey, well, I'm going to go on a personal side note because what you just said there triggered something for me. And, uh, and I, and I got to share this because it, it's, a, it's a hard one to share. I, I lost my father a year and a half ago and uh, he, he passed away from pancreatic cancer. And he, I mean, he was very fortunate because he, first time he had it, it was cleared, like, and which is not very common with that type of condition and uh, type of cancer. And uh, so he, then he was cleared and then it, it came back, you know, and and when it came back, it was like, you know, we can't do anything. This is, you know, it's just a matter of time. And uh, it was given a, a number of months. And, you know, and this happened. He, he he basically retired. You know, he worked all his life building his company and got to a certain level. And, and finally, he was like, okay, you know, and he had a great life. Like, don't get me wrong. He had a fantastic life. He, he, he traveled a lot. Uh, you know, he met uh, after my mom and they separated. He, he met a, a, his woman, my, became my stepmom, very deep relationship with her and had some stepdaughters. Like, like I had step siblings uh, through that relationship. So it really grew our family and it was amazing. But he was of that mindset that when I retire, I'm going to do all these other things. 
you know, we're going to have all this time. We're going to be able to go enjoy life. We're going to be able to go do all these travels, have extended travel, like just, just live things on our terms. And I remember he sold his company, transitioned out, and that's when all the health complications just started appearing. You know, and it was from one complication to the next to the next that kept compromising his quality of life. And and I remember looking at that and just watching what he was going through and just feeling so, so sad, you know, because I know how bad he wanted to do all these things. And yet he just couldn't, you know, based and especially the last couple of years, it was his quality of life was really limited. And so we work, we work, we work for this idea of, well, taking a break later, you know, once I get X amount of dollars in my bank, then I will start to do these things that I really want to do, you know, but we just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We just don't. And I, I, I after watching that, I was just, you know, it's really helped me cement my belief that uh, don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for things to be just right to really go after what you want create the lifestyle now that you want to be living 20 years from now and, and start adopting that, you know, and figure the shit out as you go. <laughs> Don't compromise. That's you know? right. Like, dude, and, and it just, it was a, a hard realization. And, uh, but one that I'm grateful for my dad teaching me, you know, I really am. And uh, it's, it's, if out of all that sadness, there was one shining light that came from it. And, and that's one of the learnings. It's one of that, that glimmers of, of clarity that I was able to gain from that. Yeah, I think that's a pretty impactful point to realize and understand and to live through it, to understand that I may work myself till I'm 62 and I don't get the chance to retire and enjoy it because something happens or, yeah. and you don't know, it could be some sort of disease. It's, you could get hit by a bus. It doesn't, you have no idea because we can't predict what's going to happen in the future. All we can yeah. do is predict what we can do now and get past and over and rid of the fear of, uh, well, what if I do this? What could happen? Well, maybe you do it and it doesn't work out and everything falls apart. But guess what? You did it. You have a story to tell now. And then you can try something that's better right. next time. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, Chandler, that's bang on, man. And uh, have you ever heard of Bronnie Ware? Like, uh, no. The five, regr- five Regrets of the Dying. She, oh, she did a great, that, yeah. Yeah. So she did a great TED Talk. And uh, and I've recently learned that she's doing a, a movie now, too, and uh, which is pretty cool because her book is is. It's really, it's an eye opener and it's something I encourage people to read. It's not a very long read, but it's, it's filled with stories of her basically interviewing people at end of life. You know, the, these, these elderly people that are, you know, in their final days or final months and, and she's interviewing them and, and she finds that these five themes that keep reoccurring, these five regrets of the dying. And the one that always sticks with me, the one all the time is, I wish I had allowed myself to be happier, you know, that implies choice implies that we can choose to be happy. We can choose to be happier. We can choose to do things that encourage and nurture and and fosters more happiness in our lives. And yet we compromise on the happiness so often, you know? And then it's not until we're on our deathbed that we're like, man, I really wish I allowed myself to be happier. I wish I could go back and I wish I didn't work so much. I wish I kept in better contact with friends. You know, like you start having these regrets when we start reflecting back on our life. And you know, I don't want that, man. I, I don't want to be that guy that's on the deathbed saying, geez, I really wish I did this and I did this and I did this. I'd rather be on the bed and say, man, I'm really glad I said yes to that situation. I'm glad I completely screwed up on that one, you know, because at least I screwed right. up on it. I, I did it. Like, whatever, you know, like, uh, it's like the just do it philosophy from Nike. And I'm like, no, nah, take it one step further. Like, just did it philosophy, right? Like, I, I want to celebrate that I've just done something. I'm checking shit off and I'm getting it done. Whether I'm doing it well or not, who cares? I'm doing it anyways. <laughs> you know, like, I love that I love that and I think that's just what life's all about you know yeah that's huge and when 
I'm doing things and I get in the weeds a little bit and I don't, mm-hmm. and I have to pull back sometimes and say, is this something that's going to matter when I'm 62 or when I'm laying on my death, <laughs> deathbed or whatever? Am I going to look back and say, man, I wish, really wish I would have finished that report or man, I really wish yes. I would have spent more hours talking to people on the phone. And, and I look back and often the answer is no. And then so then, all right, well, how do I reshift and reformulate what I'm doing to make sure that's not an impactful piece of my life anymore? Maybe it becomes a small right. piece. And I think it fundamentally for me comes down to the concept of getting away from the concept of hard work and getting into the concept of smart work. How do I work? smartly and as efficiently as possible to where I maximize the impact of my time and what I'm doing in the places I want to do it. Yeah. Bang. That's like four hour work week all over, man. You know, like yeah. I, I, I love that. Like it's just so great. And I mean, it's, and I, and I love some of those interviews with Tim Ferriss too. You know, like people ask me really four work. So it's, it's similar to what you said earlier about, uh, about Gary Vaynerchuk, right? When people are talking to him about like this hustle philosophy and it's like, no, 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 no. It's setting yourself up, right? Like really it's, it's doing a lot of work up front but to set yourself up so you can do exactly what you just shared, you know, to, you, so you can be smarter. You can create a lifestyle that's supported by some of these ventures. And, and if you learn how to do it so effectively and so efficiently, well, yeah, maybe you run a business on four hours a week. That's great. It doesn't mean that you don't work more than four hours a week. And I think that's where people get hung up. It's like, well, then what do I do? It's like, well, no, but then you could do another business. You could do multiple businesses. You could help other people with their businesses. Like you've just been so efficient at creating space for you to enjoy life on your terms. And I think that is what a lot of people miss from that, you know, and uh, gosh, so many of us get stuck in the YouTube or in the thumb up, scroll down sort of situation where we look at how much time we invest every day doing things that really aren't moving us forward in any sort of capacity towards any goals or visions or desires. And when we start looking at that time and asking ourselves, is that the best use of it? We can start to see where there's opportunities for us to make shifts, to literally start to change certain things, to rewrite certain lifestyle habits and, and write that ship, as they say. But we have to be aware of it and we have to choose and then apply action to those choices. And, uh, and I think, as you said before, it's just getting started, right? Like that sometimes that's the most intimidating prospect for people. I, I like with a fitness background over 20 years, I'll tell you, people always say, well, it must be that first step, you know, into a gym. That's the hardest one. I'm like, no way. Just getting your ass off the couch. That's the hardest part. That first yeah, squat, absolutely. man, first squat. <laughs> you know? yeah, like, that's your biggest challenge right there. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, so it's, it's all perspective though. It really is. It all comes down to perspective. And, uh, Listen, I I love these types of conversations. I think they're fantastic. And I think more people have to have these. I think we have it with ourselves, but it's not until you start talking to other people, similar people that have similar ambitions that are growth mindset, you know, like in that space of wanting more, wanting to create more. That's where just beautiful things start to manifest. And, uh, and it just opens their eyes to possibilities. And, I, and that's why I love your podcast. I think you do this every single conversation you have. You know, like this, this is awesome. This is another way that we're all inspired to just be more, to do more, to, to love more. And uh, so anyways, it's, uh, I could go off on tangents all day long. Sorry, man. <laughs> oh, it's exciting. And, and that's what the whole uh, thing is about. It's learning to express yourself and then thinking about what you said and thinking about what other people said. So we do these podcasts and I'll think about the conversations we had for two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got some new little tidbits and some cool stuff out of this. And so uh, cool. and you just continuously grow and evolve. And in addition to 
actually starting, I think one of the most difficult things for people to do is express how they're feeling or what they're thinking to other people and taking feedback in constructively. So a lot of time I'll be like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, this, and, and this, and this course. And someone will say, well, what do you think about these things? And that thing doesn't make very much sense. So then you have to go back to the drawing board and be like, oh, it doesn't, they don't understand it. So now I need to make sure they understand it because I get it, but I'm in the weeds, but they aren't. Yes, <laughs> yes, you're right. It's, uh, yeah, what do they say? It's always hard to see the forest through the trees. And sometimes we're just so deep in it yeah it's it's hard right like it's and that's where you know if people were going to ask me like what were some of the most significant choices or actions i've taken that have really impacted my life like so profoundly you know and i'd say having solid mentors and coaches in my life at at the times where i need the most you know when it when i was really dumbfounded with that idea of what do i want i found that that was the best time to to work with a coach or work with a mentor to, to try to help me dig that out or, or figure it out, you know, because sometimes we're just in life. We're, we're, we're knee deep in life, everything that comes with it, you know, and you know, you have a daughter now. Welcome to it because it's a whole nether world of it. That's right. <laughs> and, and like mentorship and, and, and coaching has been invaluable for helping me just gain clarity on some of those things, some of those hard questions, right? Find those answers within. And and also Toastmasters, like you talked about development of self and, and learning how to express oneself. And sometimes it's not so much that we don't know how to express ourselves, but we just don't know how to say the right word, you know, or intonation or just be comfortable with speaking, you know, and, and Toastmasters is a nonprofit organization. If you go to the website, toastmasters.org, I'm not affiliated. I just, I'm a member of 10 years now. I love what they do. And it's a personal development platform that's nonprofit. So it's very inexpensive. Anybody can do it. Like we have a club here in Bali I'm president of, and you know, it's like 60 bucks a, a year to be a member. Like it's very inexpensive, but you, it's a safe space to learn how to be a more effective communicator, a better leader. And, and those are skills everybody can benefit from. So that was something that I started 10 years ago when I really started to dive in and say, you know, I'm not happy with where things are at. I need to make some significant shifts. And, uh, and that was one of the, again, another, avenue that I know was profoundly uh, created a profound shift for me and uh, so that if there's anything people could take away from what I'm talking about those are, those are two things that I think if you apply and seek out that that help you, you can overcome anything like you, you really can you know and it just shows you another way yeah, and, and it gets you outside your box, gets other people asking yeah. questions about what you're doing, analyzing it a little bit, and you get out of your own head. And when you look at effective leadership, it's communication and empathy. How can I communicate yes. but I already understand yeah. what my staff is going or the people I'm talking to are going to do and say and react? And so then I can yeah. respond and react before they even make it happen. So true, man. That's so, uh, yeah, it's 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 all of it, right? I mean, we're, we're social beings by nature and we better learn how to be sociable, <laughs> but, do, but do it in a certain way that we can really connect with people, right? And, and understand what motivates them and inspires them and, and just be the best that we can in that situation to help those people be the best that they can be. So it's, uh, sounds like I'm doing a plug for the military, but, uh, yeah, that's all I could think in there. My head. I'm like, wow, what, am I trying to recruit somebody here? Like, but but really it's, I'll recruit you to a better way of living for sure. You know, like I, I, it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun um, once you start to adopt that and you see that everything does start in the mind and there's plenty of opportunities to make these shifts. But like you said earlier, you just got to start, right? And yeah, it's going to feel weird at, be- at the beginning, but man, it will be so worth it in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you'll be happy you made the choices. If they didn't work and they, or they did work, you're going to have some great stories to tell. You're going to make meet great yeah. people and you're going to be in a position to where you don't end with. And one of the f- regrets I think was, 
I wish I would have done more or I wish I would have done that. And so you're not going to end up with the, I wish I would have tried that. I wish I would have done these things. You're going to end up with, I did everything. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I think I can die. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. It's, I mean, just, I, I think that's a great place to be. You know, like it's, it's inevitable. It's, it's like that one guarantee, as they say, you know, death and taxes. And, uh, it's just knowing that we've we've done everything that we wanted to do, loved everyone we wanted to love, and and really showed up to to make most of what we were given. And uh, I think it's a good place to be able to reflect on when that time comes. And if it does come, I mean, like you said earlier, we just don't know. We could be hit by a bus tomorrow. Like, I, I'd, if that happens, I mean, that'd be awful. But I'd like to be able to think that man, I've had a great life. You know, I, I've done things that I've wanted to do. I've I've helped a lot of people and made a great impact and that's that's awesome you know it's awesome i think we all want that right yeah absolutely you want to be at the end and be like yep uh, i'm pretty good i live life great <laughs> grabbed it by the horns i'm just gonna keel over now and die and everything's yeah. gonna be good and then the ultimate goal for me is when i'm actually dead i want a thousand people to come to my funeral like I, right. that's the yeah. impact you want to create so yeah. and what's your goal in life well I, I just want a thousand people to show up and party and have a great time at my funeral and that's good carry my casket and throw it around and stuff like that but uh, because I if it. i had that kind of impact on people and they show up and have a great time at my funeral then i know i created the environment i want around me and I did everything I needed to do that's that's huge that's huge yeah I applaud that you know I think that's what we all want absolutely let's talk a little bit I saw you were you struggle with an auto a chronic autoimmune disease Mm, yeah tell me a little bit about that and and what it's like and how you work with it and deal with it and how you don't let it hold you back yeah, a lot of people have autoimmune issues now. I mean, it's pretty prevalent, and, and no one really knows exactly why, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of theories. A lot of people have some ideas around why we're seeing this happen so much more. And, you know, our autoimmune systems, they're, they're, they're becoming compromised. And, and mine specifically, uh, in my family actually, there, there's a number of different types of autoimmune diseases that are, are fairly prevalent, so right from rheumatoid arthritis up to chronic types of heart conditions, you know, and so we, we have everything in between. And, and unfortunately, I, I got one myself. And I didn't learn about this, though, until I guess maybe about five years, six years ago. I, I actually went and did a Tough Mudder with a, a team of ours that we were coaching through that. And and it was wonderful. It was the first time Tough Mudder was in Canada. I was up in Whistler, uh, British Columbia. And uh, I went and I did Tough Mudder. I'm, I'm not a runner. I mean, that's why people call me Moose. It's Coach Moose to, to a lot of my <laughs> communities. I run like a moose. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing graceful about my body when it's running. Uh, but I'm proficient. I, I can usually get the job done. Uh, not not that I enjoy it, but I do it anyways. And um, I, my legs got really chafed, like the thighs, just from all that running. You know, it, it's still about a half marathon of running. And you're, you're cold, you're wet, you're muddy. It's just, it's a heck of a, a thing. And yeah, we pay to do it. Weird, right? Weird. And uh, uh, so we enjoyed it. I, I remember going into a hot tub that night and then the next day I woke up and I, I had like my whole body was sweating. Like it was like shutting down. It, something was not right and went to the hospital and I was hospitalized right away. They did some blood tests and they found out that basically my neutrophil count was like zero and neutrophils is what your bone marrow produces to, to neutralize bacteria in your body, stave off infection in bacterial bacterial infection. So if you get a scrape or a, a cut, often you have some a line of defense that goes there to because all of a sudden you're you, you're now you, you know opening up your insides to the external world and that's where things can happen. Our skin's there to protect us, and so you, you open up that opportunity for bacteria to get in, and that's when bad things can happen. And in my case, I had no defense. 
which I didn't know about. I, I, I mean, I had a healthy lifestyle, so that's what masked a lot of the symptoms that would typically be associated. And I just presume that's just how life is, is how I was experiencing it. So nothing was out of the normal. And, and I was hospitalized. My body was shutting down. I was hospitalized for almost 10 days, you know, like on an IV drip. Like it was gnarly. Like it was not a pretty place to be. And and then I came through that and then we started running a bunch of tests. And then we found out I have this condition called autoimmune neutropenia. And uh, my hematologist, you know, I, I always joke, but they would love to see me live in a bubble. Like it's it's that serious, you know. I, I don't really have much of an immune system that to, to stave off these bacteria. But I, I of course, you know, I, I don't like that idea of living in a bubble. It'd be really hard to, to live the life that I'm living and, and and enjoying the people that I enjoy by living in a bubble. So the bubble I, boy. I figured out. Yeah, the bubble boy. You know, and, and I used to joke. I mean, can you see me doing burpees in a bubble? No, like it's it's not gonna work. So. It'd be I, like that game I, where the bubbles bounce against each other. I'm the bubble guy. I'm just in my bubble. <laughs> oh, man. I think it can be fun for, for a little period of time. But, you know, it, just based on the things that we want to do, it just wouldn't be working very well. And so I, I started to look for, for options. You know, like their, their immediate option, the typical, you know, the medical space. And, and Western medicine, they, they, they like to always, well, let's find a drug that works, you know. And... <laughs> You know, they found a drug that worked and it helped just for a little period of time. It would get my bone marrow overproducing and overproducing enough that my body wouldn't kill off the neutrophils that it was producing. So for a short period of time, every time I take an injection, we see this little boost. You know, we'd see a little bit of a line defense. They come out there, but inevitably they get killed again and, and uh, I'd have to reproduce it. And uh, I didn't like taking the shot. I mean, it's a heavy duty drug that you typically give to patients that are dealing with leukemia. Or, or heavily compromised uh, immune issues. And so it, it's not a, a nice drug. Um, and I don't want to know what the long-term effects are on that drug because there's just not enough out there. There's not enough case studies uh, or, yeah, or, or history. So I don't know. You know, it's a little bit of roulette with that when you start going down that pharmaceutical path. And and so I started working with a functional medicine guy a couple of years ago as well as a naturopath. But this naturopath is also an MD. And uh, so he's got like just a plethora of, of knowledge when it comes to the human body and and ways to deal with it. And working that with functional medicine, I've I've really started to, to apply epigenetics, you know, doing DNA testing and, and really deep dives on blood testing as to where hormone levels are at, vitamin levels, uh, omega levels, like really going deep. And uh, so we do these profiles and then we can identify where I'm lacking. And and, and then we use supplementation, uh, nutrition, fitness, like lifestyle uh, habits to then uh, offset, you know, these weak stones. And that's been amazing. So since I've started to adopt this way of being, uh, I've seen that my neutrophil counts stabilize a bit higher than normal and I don't have to use the medication as frequently. And, uh, and I just feel a lot better for it, you know? And, uh, so that living with this, I know it's there. And for anyone that's got a chronic condition, I, I, I feel for you. I know it's there and it's, it's really, I, I've resolved myself that it may never go away and that's okay. It doesn't mean it's going to make my life any less amazing. I'm not going to allow for that. But I do also recognize I have to make some some choices and, and change some habits in the way I live in order to to give myself the best opportunity to live healthy, to live well, and live on my terms. And and that's a compromise I'm happy to make because I know how good it feels to feel good versus how I did feel when I was hospitalized that time. And I've had three bone marrow biopsies. If you've never had a bone marrow biopsy, 
look it up. It sucks. (laughs) It sucks. (laughs) And going through that. And I also remember waiting for the phone call, thinking that I had leukemia. You know, that's what they thought initially. They were like, this is, this is serious. You know, you got no immune system. This is typical for people that are dealing with bone marrow cancer, you know? And I'm like, whoa, this, this is not good. And I remember waiting for that phone call just to know. That was awful couple weeks, man. It was awful. And, yeah, that's uh, terrifying. Yeah, it really is. You know, and that's where you start. And I think that was honestly one of the, the biggest shifting moments, though, was realizing how I felt at that moment that everything may change. And then when given that opportunity that, hey, it's not as serious as that, it's still serious, but nowhere near what we were thinking it was and realizing, wow, I can make some changes. Like you start thinking about all the things that you want to do, right? When all of a sudden your life is, is and longevity is questioned, you start thinking a little bit differently. You start looking at things a little bit differently. And, uh, and that was definitely a massive eye-opener for me, you know, and for my family. And, uh, and yeah, so that, that's sort of, I, I think if I had to pinpoint it, that was really one of the, the, the early catalysts that, that got us started on this, this new path. Yeah, and you circle right back to that. I got to do the things I want to do now because yeah. I just experienced what could happen if I couldn't do them. Yes. And I like the concept that you were talking about where you started looking at epigenetics. And mm. when I was at university for biology and biochemistry, we were, ta- it was a while back when epigenetics was kind of new and where we yeah, weren't sure yeah. about it. So we took experimental courses on it and case study courses and started to learn and understand from that, that a root cause approach really is how we mm-hmm. understand, learn and deal with autoimmune disease. So, Oh, you have psoriasis on your skin. Okay, cool. Let's get some blood work. Let's look at what's going on with your life. Let's look at your stress, your sleep, and let's figure out what the root cause of your problem is. So maybe we can put it into remission or stop the symptoms. It's absolutely bang on. And I, I'm a big believer for it, and I know it's not necessarily uh, cost-effective for everybody to do it en masse, but it, it's becoming more and more competitive prices, more and more the science is, is popping up. Like, there's actually facilities that are supporting this way of, of testing, you know, and that's why I love the functional medicine movement, you know, and, and their adoption of really looking to the root cause and, and helping you make changes in many areas of life. It's not just about what the blood's telling you. It's everything, right? It's that holistic approach. And so I'm a big supporter for it. I, I recommend it to people, especially if you've got this nagging condition, you're just not sure what it is, and, and you're frustrated with traditional medicine, not being able to give you the answers that you're looking for, this is, is a great option. And it may uh, open your eyes to something that you, you never even considered was there. Yeah, it's incredible. I think one of the people I like to listen to the most talk about the root cause and functional medicine is uh, Chris Kresser. He has his new book, his book, Unconventional Medicine. And I mean, you could listen to his podcast and at the end of it, and you're like, all right, man, I need to eat a ham sandwich. That was pretty rough. (laughs) (laughs) So much science. There's a lot of science. I mean, even his blog articles, right? Like they're monstrous and uh, it's fantastic. Like I've, I've, yeah, I've been a big fan of his for for many years. And uh, And they're so objective. Yeah. Yes, they he'll are. Take, he, you know, he'll they, even look at it. Is a nitrite bad? And he'll write a full-blown yes. article. And you don't know at the end. You're like, oh, it's not bad. Huh. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. It was just overblown. <laughs> I'm going for some bacon right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm eating nitrates <laughs> from now on. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, been quite the journey. You know, I, I get, I, I'm grateful. Like I like to look at every situation and like ask myself, well, what can I learn from this situation? And when I'm going through it at the time, yeah, I, I'm not always so positive. Like I'll be honest, <laughs> when you're going through it, it's it, it's a challenge to stay positive. You know, it really is. But as you're coming out the other side, sort of like social dynamics, you know, you go through this period of chaos and you start to come out the other side, you realize, you know, I can learn a lot from this experience. 
I can also adapt myself and evolve, you know, it's, it's, why do we work out? Well, we work out to become healthier, to become fitter, you know, and we challenge ourselves every day we go to the gym, we should push ourselves a little bit more. Why? Because it creates a, a positive adaptation. And, and so I look at every challenge in my life to that same sort of lens or filter. And I ask myself, well, how's this going to help me be better? How's it going to help me be stronger, be more emotionally sound? You know, like I look at the holistic approach to, to well-being, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, you know, like how is this going to make a difference? And, and I think it, it's always allowed me a better understanding of that situation. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just I get a different insight, especially from my own. I mean, I'm the only guy that's got to live with me every day, you know, like <laughs> so I better figure out a that's way right. to start liking me and and really recognizing and optimizing that relationship as best I can. And, and uh, these are just some things that I, I go through in, in these moments. Yeah, I think that's a good point there as well is we're not always positive in the journey. Sometimes we have our ups and downs, we have our positive, our negative moments, we have our in between and uh, we really have to get out of the mindset where we think everything needs to be sunshine and gumdrops 24 yeah. seven and understand yeah. that I'm going to have emotions, they're going to be normal emotions, I'm going to get through them, I'm going to live through them and that's what's going to make me me at the end of the day and make me not a fake version of who I am. So true. So true. And I, most recently, I, I got back from Thailand and I was there for a few weeks and I, I did something called a Vipassana. And it's a, a 10-day retreat. Well, it's not really a retreat. It's more of a course. So you do a 10-day meditation course. But it's a silent course. So you, there, there's, you take a vow of silence at the beginning and there's no journaling. There's no reading. There's no exercise. Like you, you spend 18 hours a day fasting, you know, and then there's a small meal to break the fast. And you're literally meditating from 4, 4 a.m. until about 9 p.m. at night. And you do this every day for 10 days. And it was in incredibly challenging, uh, but it was also incredibly enlightening. And, and I came out of that with it just a very shifted perspective on things and had a different understanding of myself. And, and it's something that I want to encourage people to, to look into because if you go to vipassana.org, well, I think it's .org. It's 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 basically it's a global organization. It's all by donation. People can go do these anywhere as long as there's a Vipassana center, and it doesn't cost you anything. Like you can go for free. Um, they always ask for a donation at the end because that's how they finance the next person that wants to come and do it. Right? It's how they pay for the food, how they pay for the accommodations. But it is an eye opener, and and it's a great way to reconnect with yourself and learn a skill to be able to, to, to create that space for yourself to be mindful of some of the reactions that we have in our lives. You know, a lot of the reactions we have are blind reactions. They're just based on conditioning, either from our childhood, from our adulthood, it doesn't matter. We've conditioned certain responses to certain stimulus and certain ways of interpreting the world. And until you break that chain or create enough of a space that you can just have a, a split second to react a little bit differently based on a mental process, Wow, it's it's so valuable, and uh, so it's something I encourage people to go through. But it's it's not easy. It's not a vacation. Um, I think Tim Ferriss has got a podcast where he talks about coming back from a vipassana, and I forget whose podcast he did it on. It wasn't his own, but uh, he talks about you know you, you, when you get back from vipassana, don't think that you're going back to work the next day. It's like <laughs> you, you might need some therapy afterwards. Like you know, he really talks about just that that level of opening up and and just getting so deep with oneself and uh, it, it brings up a lot of stuff you know and uh but it, it was really a, a an experience that um, again I, i've got to choose my words lightly it's not so much that i enjoyed it but i learned a lot from it yeah absolutely and sometimes i find when i go wander somewhere i'm hiking or something and i'm by myself it mm. time just like flies by because i've had so many thoughts i'm lost in my own domain 
But if you're in a, a structured process like that, I can see how much it would change and affect and impact the way you think and create new thoughts and bring new things out because you don't have anything yeah. else pulling you away. So you're ultimately mindful of everything that's happening in the moment. Yeah, it, and it really makes you realize how much we're not in control. Like when I say that, we have this voice in our head and it's going all the time. But when you're in that kind of situation, you realize how often it's in control. Like you're just thinking about things in the past, things that may have happened already, but more importantly, also thinking about things that may never, ever happen. Like we're, we're thinking about possible scenarios all the time, right? Like, and, and that alone, it spends up so much of our time. And we're, when you look at it comparatively, thinking about the past, thinking about the future, thinking about things that may or may not be, we're not present a lot of the time, <laughs> you know, we're just not present. And, and I realized that about myself. I'm like, holy smokes, man, this voice inside my head is way too damn noisy. It speaks a lot. In fact, it yells a lot. And uh, just learning how to quiet it a little bit and and, and be, be the boss again uh, is, I think, probably the biggest thing I took away. Yeah, I think that's huge. Sometimes when I'm sitting there and I'm just lost and I'm not paying attention to what's going on around me, I have to pull myself back and say, well, hold on. I'm not here right now and I need to figure out how to get back to where I'm at. And there was the movie Click. If you watch that, I, I watched it not too long ago and it was the most horrifying movie I've ever seen in my entire life watching this 10 years later and when I'm into my 30s because it's this guy who gets the ability to fast forward through everything oh, yeah. to get promotions and all this. Adam Sandler, it, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then at the end, he's sitting there and he's just he, he's dying and the, he just tells his kids and everybody family and, he, and he's crying and he's had this horrifying experience he fast forwarded his whole life and it's just because he was on autopilot not paying attention not present not he just wasn't there and, and it's how a lot of people typically live and they wake up at the end and realize i wish i would have spent more time with my family or i wish i, I would have spent a little more time just being there and available yeah it's so true I, man i gotta rewatch that movie i totally yeah. forgot about that movie you're so I, yeah it's a it's, it's a great crazy metaphor. Yeah. I didn't realize it would impact me as much as it did when I watched it now. I was it's just like, huh. When I was younger, I didn't care. It didn't matter. Who, yeah. who I'm 20 years old. Yeah, I just wanted right. to do stuff. But now I watch it and I was like, huh, that's real life. That, that's serious. And this is a legitimate story that they somehow yeah. created and made funny, but turned into this horrifying thing at the end. Yeah. And it's, gosh, you're right. I mean, things happen so quickly, right? Because when, when we are just living, it's it's wild just day in day out things just keep moving forward right it's that that element of time and uh, you know you can start talking about the metaphysical on it and you know you can watch a million jason silva videos <laughs> and we can talk about time and and, and relativity and, and just the impact of our mind and shifting and but at the end of the day it's always changing it's always moving forward and we can't do anything about that you know as much as we try to lock on to something right now and hold on to that for as long as you can, inevitably it's gonna change. It's gonna go away, right? And uh, it, it, that was really interesting about Vipassana because they, they really hammer home that. It's non-sectarian, just so you guys know. It's not, uh, there's no religion. Even though Vipassana is known from Buddha's practice 2,500 years ago, they don't practice uh, Buddhism, nor do they encourage you to practice any religion. It's, it's a non-sectarian approach to meditation and mindfulness, so, which I was very attracted to. And uh, but they really hammer home this idea of impermanence, like the whole world, right? The universe, even when you get down to subatomic particles, everything's changing all the time. Always, yeah. And it doesn't come back the same way if it falls apart. No, no, it doesn't, right? And and the world's just like that. It's how things are. And when you really start to accept that, 
you realize how precious right now is, right? Like Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about this, and, I, and I'm sure he was largely influenced and inspired by a lot of the teachings from Buddha. Now, I know he's drawn from a lot of religions, but, but in particular the Buddhist traditions, because, you know, he's talking about the power of now, you know, and this idea of being present right now, because that is the only thing we can truly live into is right now. You know, like otherwise we're shifting back and forth between potentials, but like anything, potentials really don't mean much, right? I think it's just potential. It's not actually what's happening. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's interesting to see just how life, it's funny because you said, you know, like in your 20s, watching Click is very different from you watching it now. It's because you're a different person now, right? Absolutely. Different experiences. uh, and The evolution. Yeah, it is, right? And we're constantly evolving. And I think about me now, you know, I'm 41 right now. I'm like, holy crap, 41. 41 holy crap i got teenage girls holy crap what happened you know but but i think about all these experiences that have happened in between all these milestone moments and uh i'm grateful they happened you know and it's really helped me continuously evolve and and be able to appreciate things where they are and gives me a different perspective on things and you know when you start talking about coaching and how you're you're working with people to make a great impact and, and I really feel that all these things have helped bring me to a certain point where I can offer different perspectives. I can, I can, I can help people. You know, I can make a greater impact, a greater contribution because I, I've actually taken the time to learn from some of these experiences. And, and sometimes that's all we want. We want a little bit of accountability, a little bit of perspective, maybe some strategies. But we like to, to, to work with people that have already been a few steps ahead of us just so they can shine that flashlight on the path in front so we can see where some of those rocks are that we might trip and avoid them. You know, we might still trip, but it may not be as bad of a wipeout as it would have been without that guidance. And and I think that's that's something special about life, right? Really being able to pay it forward. Yeah, absolutely. Being that guiding hand and when you trip, helping someone else stand back up and yeah. putting yourself in the same position. Uh, you always need help. Always be growing. Always that's be learning. Right always be evolving <laughs> yeah it's good times so this it has is. been a really good episode we we've probably could talk for two or three hours about <laughs> yeah. all of this stuff i mean this is tim ferris style and it's oh, funny the yeah. the people project this nice. series that i've been doing legitimately every time goes usually at least 45 minutes to an hour just because there's so much to talk wow. about and so much to tell and so many lessons to learn and right. it's getting out of the dynamic of make it as short as possible so people will listen and making it so it's as long as possible so it creates an impact on the very few people who do listen i i love it i, th- I think it's powerful and I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of it yeah and, and if anybody listening wants to get a hold of you or ask you some questions how can they get in contact with you Well, I always say to people, you know, whatever medium is most comfortable for you, uh, chances are I'm on it. (laughs) You know, I've been in this space. I've really put myself out there to be in this space. Uh, Obviously, my website's a good place to find resources, tools, uh, and just start to educate, always be learning. Uh, there's lots of articles on there, but if you want to reach out to me specifically to, to ask a question or to, to potentially just explore how I might be able to help you, um, Instagram's great. You know, you can private message me there, Facebook Messenger, fantastic. Uh, or, you know, just contact me via my email, which is also in my Instagram pro- profile. You can, if you click the email button there, that sends emails to me. And just so you know, uh, there's no VA, like it's me. Uh, you, you get a reply from me or my wife. Like it's, she helps me manage a lot of this stuff. And uh, so just bear with me. If I don't get it back to you within the first day or two, I will get back to you. I always reply. Uh, just give me a little grace. That's all. Because it is me. I don't have anybody else doing it. 
That's right, which is cool. Be authentic. I have this concept, be real, be human, be social. And so I think everybody, if you guys have questions and you're listening or or something sparked out of this, definitely send Diane a a message. Instagram seems to be the place to be. I like Instagram as well. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you have questions for me, as always, just send an email to me, Chandler at stonehagefield.com, though. I do prefer you to send me a Facebook or an Instagram DM. It's a lot quicker in the response and easier for me than shifting through emails. And that's it. Thanks again for jumping on with me. Thanks, Glenn Chandler. I really appreciate it. And uh, everybody be well and be happy. Absolutely. And make sure you listen to this a couple times. I think it was insightful, impactful, and it can help you create the change you need or give you the permission you think you need to take the next step in your life. That's it. I will see you all later. See ya. Stop it.